Welcome to this podcast from the Bay Church. We hope you're blessed by the message. To find out more, please visit our website at www.the-bay-church.org.uk. So, um, so I've only got till two o'clock, so I need to be quick. And uh, a lot of you are looking at me and thinking, what's he done to his head? Aren't you? Well, everybody asks me what I've done to my head. So I'm going to tell you briefly, so I don't have to tell everybody after the meeting. So uh, I went for a walk in the countryside, and this bear came out of the woods. And uh, there was a young mum and a toddler walking along, and the bear was making way for her. So I ran across, swam across the river, and I grabbed this bear, and I wrestled it to the ground and broke its jaw and killed it. But as I did that, I just scratched my head on a twig. And... um, You're still all going to ask us, aren't you? I can tell. Um, I was thinking about what to share today, and I, and I felt God say, I want you to talk about God being in control. And then I put my car on the back of somebody else's and scratched my head. That's the truth. Um, I want to talk about a little bit today about God being in control. Because sometimes life doesn't flow the way we may be expected to. And it's in those times we need reassurance that God's in control. You see, it's easy to understand that God's in control when all is well. But when we hit circumstances, wow, it's at that point the truth of our faith and the reality of our faith cuts in. It's easy to believe God when things are good. But when things get a little bit hairy, it's at that point we need to be trusting that what we believe is true <laughs> and holding on to it. Not always easy. Can I just say to the grandparents, you, you've done an absolute fantastic job with these two, with Joe and with Nick. And uh, let's just honor them because I, I don't know about you. I mean, I, I've got a couple of, couple of lads myself. They're older now but I didn't get everything right. But you know, kids will forgive that if your heart's right. It's not about getting everything right. And Polly, I believe, the same as everybody else, God has a plan and a purpose for her life. I believe God knew Polly before the creation of the world. Wow, Alan, you're crazy. I know, some people are wondering whether the bang on the head will make me more crazy or less crazy. (laughs) It's debatable, but I think I'm going on the more crazy scale. Come on. Even without the bang on the head. God has a dream and a plan for for your life that's much bigger than you think. And to be honest with you, if your dream's not bigger than you think, then it might not be a dream from God. Because when God lays a dream or a plan on your life, it's generally, if it's God, you need God to fulfill it. Otherwise, it's just a plan that you can achieve. Now, listen, we need to engage in the process with God, but actually God's plan for your life is much bigger than you think, and you need God to fulfill it. Some might disagree with that. The great thing about here is today is I haven't got to do a theological argument with you guys because we don't do that. Listen, if you come and tell me Jesus is not the Son of God, I'll argue with you. But the other stuff, 
The Bible says that the Holy Spirit's the best teacher. He's the best teacher. The Bible even says, do you need teachers when you've got the Holy Spirit? So listen, what I'm sharing with you today is a little bit of a revelation that God's sharing with me. And I'm not going to be offended if you don't agree. I'm really not. And I'm not going to be blown up if you do agree. But I want to just share a little bit of what God's put on my heart about the story of Joseph that we all know. But we need to fulfill God's plan. We need God's heavenly wisdom in our life. And it is not common sense. It is heavenly wisdom. Some of the common sense decisions we make will help that. Joseph's dream was not Joseph's dream. It was God's dream that he gave to Joseph. And we've all got things we'd like to achieve and do, but actually God has planted, I believe, in the heart of each one of us, a plan and a purpose that he wants you to fulfill. And when some of us look at it, we get a bit scared because it's a bit big. And God planned it that way. Joseph's background, most of us will know, but I'm going to go through this really quickly. Joseph's background, he was, this, he was the second youngest son in a family of 12. <laughs> but he had his work cut out. His dad was Jacob. It was fair to say that his dad's, he was his dad's favorite son. Parents don't have favorite sons or daughters. But it's fair to say in this story that his dad's favorite son was Joseph. It, and it wasn't that difficult to tell because his dad gave him a multicolored coat for him to wear that says, you're my favorite, and just have a walk around the rest of the family with his coat on to show how much of a favorite you are. Probably not the best way to do things. So his brothers got a little bit ticked off for this and thought, let's kill him. As you do. Again, brothers and sisters, I wouldn't recommend that. But they decided, let's do away with him. I'm sick of him being dad's favorite. Let's do away with him. So off they went to do away with him. And the story goes on that they met some slave traders. So, you know, they had compassion in their hearts. Let's just make him a slave. So they, they sold him to Egypt. To, and he went to a, a person who was very influential, a guy called Potiphar. And he worked in the house of Potiphar. Now, we have to remember, Joseph's dream was to see nations bowing down before him. So here's the first test. Joseph ended up as a slave in the house of Potiphar. And you know what? He excelled. He did well. Despite his dream not seeing that he's going to be a slave in a house, he did well. And um, the story goes on. It's a bit like, I know a lot of you people here will not listen to Jeremy Kyle. Will you? Because I know what he's alike. It's not that neck of the woods. But actually, it's a little bit of a Jeremy Kyle story, this, I think. Um, as he was in Potiphar's house, Potiphar's wife took a shine to him. That's a polite way of saying she fancied him. Uh, it did say he was quite handsome, actually. And she threw herself at him. Let's see. And Joseph decided that he wasn't having anything to do with that. That because of the trust his master had put in him and the authority his master had given him, he wasn't going to have anything to do with his master's wife. And the story goes on to say that Joseph fled the house. Such was the intenseness of the situation. 
but he left behind a garment, a coat. And it was actually used against him as he went to prison. So he was accused falsely. He ended up being thrown into prison. And even in prison, God was with him, the Bible says. Here's a story for us. Even in prison, God is with him. And God wasn't with him because he was falsely accused. God was with him, even in the prison, even in that place of despair. And again, in the prison, Joseph excels. In a prison, remember his dream, nations would bow before him. In a prison for two years. And what happened is Joseph began to move in a spiritual gift in a prison. And who did he have in front of him? Inmates. So he used that spiritual gift on the inmates that were in front of him. And ironically, despite the dream he'd had that got him into this trouble through his brothers and others, despite that big dream, here's Joseph beginning to interpret dreams <laughs> in a prison. One of the prisoners, the story goes on, that his gift was used in the prison. One of the prisoners was released and they went to the king's house, to a king, Pharaoh. And as they were in that, as he was in that house, suddenly enough, the impartation that the prisoner has received, that spiritual gift, suddenly gets released in the household. And the king begins to dream. And in those days, they had people who interpreted dreams. We don't have it as much now, but we do have some. But in those days, they had people who interpreted dreams. But none of the people could interpret the king's dreams. So Joseph, that prisoner who had been affected by Joseph moving in a spiritual gift, said, I know somebody. He's in prison, but I know him. And there's a whole other preach, which I haven't got time for, about the prisoner ending up in the king's place. But I can tell you, that's my God of restoration. He's a plan to see every prisoner restored to the king's place. And maybe some of our offenders and ex-offenders yeah. need to go and serve her majesty. Yeah. Show how much they're valued despite their mistake. Oof. I knew it was the bump on the head. Be careful, Alan. It's the bump on the head. Excuse me. You have to excuse me today with everything because it's the bump on the head. Um, Joseph interprets the dream for the king. And his dream interpretation would save a nation. Suddenly, Joseph's remembering and thinking, wow. His brothers had no idea what was happening to Joseph. And Joseph ended up supplying food for the family who tried to kill him. Such is the grace of God. And Joseph seen his dream being fulfilled before his very eyes. God united him back to his family. Joseph did not hold anger or resentment or bitterness. But he offered a hand of forgiveness to his family. You see, that's relationship. You see, that says something of God more than we ever know. Because despite where we may find ourselves and despite our journey with God, His hand is constantly out towards us. 
And it's a hand that offers forgiveness. <laughs> and it, it's a welcoming hand. It's not a begrudging hand. It's not a judgmental hand. It's a hand that says you're welcome back into a relationship. And that's where Joseph was with his brothers. Listen what it says in Genesis 50. It says this in verse 19. But Joseph said to them, speaking to his brothers, do not be afraid. You know, if my brothers had sold me down to Swanee, I think I'd be saying the opposite. But here Joseph says, do not fear. Listen what he says, amazing statement. Am I in the place of God? You see, despite what had happened to him, he remained in a place of God. Despite all the circumstances. He says this, and it's a well-known scripture in the Bible. It says, you intended to harm me but God intended it to accomplish good in my life. You see, God didn't intend to harm him, but God knew that what had happened, he could mold and shape with the agreement of Joseph to produce something wonderful, the saving of a nation. So then, do not be afraid. Joseph says to him, I will provide for you and your children. Hmm. So if we ask God, what was the thing that sticks in our memory about the story of Joseph, nine out of ten of us would say his coat of many colors. Very, very briefly, I want to tell you that Joseph had three coats or robes in his story. The first one we know very well, and it was a coat of many colors given to him by his dad. It was a coat of favoritism, a coat of favor, a coat or a garment that you wore proudly and showed off. But I believe that a coat of favor, if we wear it wrongly, can be lost. We have to be careful how we handle the favor of God on our lives. And I don't think that they handled it very well in those early days. But what happened was, when the brothers saw that coat and heard the dream, the brothers made an attempt to kill off his dream, not just him. They made an attempt to kill off the purpose of God in his life. But God is bigger than that. He wore another robe, and that second robe was found in Potiphar's house as he was being tempted in a situation. And that robe for me speaks about not pleasing man, but pleasing God. We can lose our coat of favor by our own actions. And we can lose a coat of favor with man sometimes by their actions or someone else's actions. It says he served well. That servant coat that was on him, it says that he served well. He made no compromise. And maybe the test that sometimes gets to us is around that servant well and around that place of compromise. Joseph came through that. He was running the whole household. He was serving. The Bible says God was with him. And he learned to serve 
as one. Amazing man of God. Joseph served in a place of full integrity before God. And he wasn't prepared to compromise that. And listen what it says about him in the Bible. At that point, at that place. Potiphar's, Potiphar said this. No one is greater. Sorry. Joseph said this in Potiphar's house. No one is greater in this house than I am. Wow. My master has withheld nothing from me except you. Because you're his wife. <laughs> then why would I do such a wicked thing? So it cost Joseph, but the second quote he got was a quote that I believe you can lose from others. Falsely accused. The last quote is a quote that Joseph received when he began to operate in his gift of interpreting dreams in the prison. And it's a quote that he got in Pharaoh's house, in the king's house, of interpretation and salvation for a nation. Genesis said this, as Pharaoh took a signet ring and put it on his finger, and he dressed him in robes of fine linen, and he put a chain on his neck. The third robe he got, I believe, was God-given. It wasn't about self-promotion. It wasn't about promoting well. It wasn't about being a favorite. But I believe God gave him his third coat as a sign of God's pleasure and the fulfillment of a dream that God placed in his heart. And the good news about God giving you a robe, only God can take it off you. <laughs> it was a permanent robe in his life. There's lots, lots more I could say about Joseph. There's lots more I could say about God being in control and about where we find ourselves. One thing I've learned is this. God is compassionate about where you are right now. Whether you're on the mountaintop or in the valley, God has compassion for you. And his desire is, whatever your situation, he wants to bring the fulfillment of the purpose he's played on your life. Whatever man has done, Whatever you've done to yourself, there is a purpose that God has for you. And He just wants you to step into that dream. He wants you to understand that with His help, however big that dream would be, can be achieved in Him. It really can. So three things to finish. One is this. Be careful how you wear the favor of God. Second thing. Do the right thing when the wrong thing is happening around you. Come on, church. I'm not on about legalism. I'm just saying there's a point in time of testing where we have to do the right thing when the wrong thing is happening around us. And the third thing is this. Gain an eternal perspective. It's about God, and it's about God saving nations. And He wants to do it through you. And I pray that as you've listened a little bit to the story of Joseph today, and I've skipped it. I tell you, there's much, much more in that story than we can ever cover here today. But it says this, God has invested something in you that he wants to see the fulfillment. Young Polly today, God has invested in. Not because she's been dedicated today, but because God knew Polly before she took a breath on this earth. And because of that, he has a purpose for her life. 
And Polly and God together are going to engage. And as they engage together, despite what may be happening around her, she will see the fulfillment of that dream that God has placed in her. And maybe even to the point of saving a nation or two. But that dream's within each of us, church. And I want to encourage each of us to that. No matter where you're from, whatever your background is, whatever your theology is, I want you to understand this. God's placed something in you that with His help, you and Him can fulfill. And He wants your engagement. Oh, but I'm in prison. Oh, but I'm in debt. Oh, but I'm sick. Yeah, all those things are tough. But I believe that what people intended for harm, God intends for good. And He'll turn it around. Amen, church. Yes. Yeah.